Mayday, Mayday, Paca 110. Uh, we lost an engine. I understand you have lost an engine, is that correct? Both engines, sir. Both engines. Understand both engines. I'm the car, and I'm emergency here. I don't have any engines, okay? Any engines. We glide them down, okay? I understand you're gliding down, Jacka 110. Roger. I don't think that I will make it. So I guess we have to go down. We have to go down. These were the last words from the captain of TACA Flight 110 before air traffic control lost communications with it. So what happened? Did it crash? Did anyone survive? Welcome back to Air Scare Stories. Today we'll be looking at the incredible TACA International Flight 110 incident of May 24, 1988. The story of TACA Flight 110 is one of the most interesting and unexpected incidents that rocked the world of aviation leading to engine redesigns and changes in some aviation procedures. The incident also showed that weather could be an extremely powerful force and could affect a plane in more ways than was initially thought. Beyond that, it also proved that the composure and skill of the cockpit crew could determine if a flight would survive unexpected circumstances or not. Speaking of captains, the captain of this flight was Carlos Dardano, who at the time of the incident was just 29 years old. He had amassed an impressive total of 13,410 flight hours. These figures were unusual for someone so young, but Carlos Dardano was no ordinary individual. He started flying at a very young age as he came from a family of experienced and enthusiastic airplane and glider pilots. He is, however, someone I would describe as a man of unusual luck. In 1982, six years before the TACA Flight 110 incident, he was on a short routine flight to drop off a small wealthy family at a grass field in El Salvador. On arriving at the desolate airstrip, he felt something was off. The family was supposed to be an important one, yet no one was there to meet them. Before landing, he flew around the airport, surveying the area, as well as attempting to alert anyone at the airport that they had arrived. When they finally landed and stepped out of the Piper Arrow, there was still nobody there to pick them up. He wanted to return that instant because everything within him told him that something was wrong. The family asked if their son could just go for a quick pee before they left. He agreed to this and while waiting for the young boy to finish, he stood by the plane anxiously. He'd barely turned his face to the other direction when a bullet came flying out of the forest. It went right through his left cheek, damaging a large part of his face and subsequently resulting in the loss of his left eye as well. With adrenaline surging through his veins, he jumped into the plane with the family, cranked up the propeller and took off with the sniper still shooting at him. He flew low through the trees in the area to escape the barrage of bullets that kept flying past the plane. Although a number of bullets did hit the plane, luckily they didn't hit any vital components, which allowed them to stay in the air and escape the deadly gunfire. Seeing Captain Dardano bleeding heavily with the side of his face barely held together, the man in the family asked Dardano to teach him how to land the plane. He was convinced that Dardano would bleed to death and thus leave them stranded mid-air with no pilot. But somehow, Carlos Dardano managed to fly the plane make it to the next airport, land safely, and even call an ambulance. All this while bleeding heavily and blind in one eye. It took about six hours of surgery to save his life and repair his face when they arrived. Unfortunately, however, they were not able to save his left eye and it had to be surgically removed. Now with only one eye, you might expect him to hang up his uniform and maybe go through some severe PTSD counseling like most people would do, but he isn't like most people. Carlos Dardano spent the next few months recovering and proving to the aviation authorities that he could still fly. After passing all the requirements, his license was returned to him and he resumed flying. 
Eventually, he would get a job as a captain for TACA International, the flag carrier airline for El Salvador. This brings us to May 24, 1988. It was supposed to be a routine flight from Belize City to New Orleans, Louisiana on a brand new Boeing 737-300. The plane had some of the most experienced flight crew in the cockpit that day. Besides Captain Carlos Dardano, there was First Officer Dionisio Lopez, who had logged 12,000 flight hours, and Captain Arturo Soleil was an instructor pilot who was there to monitor the performance of the new plane. The mood on the plane was cheerful as both the flight crew and the 38 passengers on board were upbeat and excited for the flight, which would take them out over the Gulf of Mexico. This excitement would however be short-lived as the crew soon noticed that there were thunderstorms ahead on its weather radar as it began its initial descent from 35,000 feet in preparation to land at New Orleans International Airport. Although the storms were severe, they should have been no problem for such a veteran crew. All they had to do was use the sophisticated weather radar that the brand new plane came equipped with to navigate around the storms. Using weather radar was pretty straightforward for someone who knew what they were doing. Green meant mild stormy weather was up ahead. Red and yellow represented moderate to severe conditions, whereas black radar indicated that there were no storms in the area. There are exceptions, however. There are times when the storms can be so severe that they end up looking black as though the weather was fine, only for the pilot to fly in and realize that there was a storm that didn't show up properly on the radar. This is referred to as radar shadow, and it's thought that TACA Flight 110 might have experienced this. In its descent to New Orleans, the plane flew right into a cluster of storm cells and was initially met with severe rainfall, which was then followed by hail. Captain Dardano at this point was more worried about them scratching the new paint job than the plane going down. This should tell you that although the storms were bad, the captain believed that they were still in control of the situation. Well, you can imagine their surprise when both of the engines suddenly failed and they lost all power. But how could this happen? Weren't planes designed and tested for this? And besides that, wasn't this a brand new plane? How could both of its engines fail at the same time? Well, at that time, engines were typically tested for their thunderstorm endurance by shooting massive amounts of water into them. They were built to diffuse and disperse the air and water that went into them. Hail was another story, though. They functioned more like ballistic projectiles than they did water, which allowed them to bypass the engine fan blades and go deep into the core of the engine. Testing had not been carried out under such heavy hail conditions, and the fan blades back then were not designed to handle such grueling punishment. The engines ultimately failed because they ingested an overwhelming amount of water while also suffering hail damage, all on the low power descent, causing them to flame out. The crew attempted to restart the engines, but they were never able to. Fortunately, however, the auxiliary power unit, or APU, was able to be powered on at this time. When I say the captain is a man of unusual luck, I mean it. The APU had just been changed prior to the flight because it had been discovered to be faulty. The plane spent some time in the desert before it was finally delivered to Taka. Just imagine if it hadn't been changed. Actually, don't. It was when the APU was fired up that the radio became operational again and the crew could relay the Mayday message we started this video with. With no engine power, there was no way they could make it to the airport. Thankfully, planes don't just drop out of the sky like they do in cartoons when there's an issue. They can glide for very long distances before they reach land. To optimally do this, the pilots had to be very knowledgeable about aerodynamics, which our flight crew here were no stranger to. As I mentioned earlier, Captain Dardano grew up surrounded by family who loved to fly airplanes and gliders, and so he too had extensive experience as a glider pilot. 
As he surveyed the land around him, he initially planned to put the plane down in a canal, which was quite far off in the distance. But then they experienced another incredible moment of luck when they spotted a long stretch of grass about a mile long, which looked like it could be used as a runway. The crew unanimously agreed that this would be a much better option than to land in a canal. There was a slight problem though. This levee was to the immediate right of the plane, and they didn't have any engine power to fly past it and turn around to set up for a proper landing. They needed to get down there right away. So they decided to employ a flying maneuver called a side slip, which is a very risky one for a large passenger airplane with no engine power. A side slip puts the airplane into a sideways configuration, exposing a large amount of the fuselage to the oncoming wind. This creates a huge amount of aerodynamic drag as the side and tail of the plane are being barraged by the wind, and this causes the plane to descend much more rapidly. This descent into the levee had to be extremely well calculated. The captain did not know how soft the ground would be, and so he had to be very careful to put the plane down delicately. After making it over the fence of the levee, the captain and the rest of the crew were able to bring the plane to a halt with no reverse engine thrust to help and without falling into the canal. No lives were lost and no major injuries were recorded. There's no guarantee that the outcome would have been the same if anyone other than Captain Dardano had been at the controls. Now this might sound like some ordinary feat, but if you look back to Southern Airways Flight 242, which had to make a forced landing on a dirt road back in 1977 after both of the engine's planes ingested large volumes of water and hail, you realize it could have been much worse, but for the bravery and expertise of Captain Dardano and his team. 72 people died in the Southern Airways Flight 242 accident, including nine people on the ground. Although the circumstances were somewhat different, it shows you how much of a disaster this could have been. Captain Dardano and the entire crew performed well above expectations. No casualties were recorded because of their combined experience and the bravery of the captain. He made some very serious and critical decisions in mere seconds, which turned out to be the right ones. This incident did, however, make it evident that there had to be some changes made to the engine. The CFM-56 engines that were used for the plane went under some major revisions. Hail had never been considered a major issue for turbofan engines, as it was thought that it behaved just like water. This incident, however, proved otherwise. It led to engine manufacturers testing the effects of rain and hail on turbofan engines and their compressors. The spinner, the little spinny thing you can see at the front of the engines, was also changed from being conical to a mix between conical and elliptical to become a conelliptical which tends to deflect debris and hail outwardly into the engine's bypass duct instead of allowing it into the core. The spacing and number of fan blades in the engine were also updated. Had it not been for the bravery and experience of the flight crew, especially Captain Carlos Dardano, we definitely would have been talking about this in a much gloomier tone. But because of him, this incident marks the first time ever that a 737 landed safely outside of an airport with no engine power. That is so awesome. I think I might name my next dog Carlos in his honor. If you like this video and want to hear more stories of aviation incidents and accidents, please hit the like and subscribe buttons. Is there an aviation story you'd like us to cover? Leave it in the comment section below and we might just surprise you. Thanks so much for watching and I'll see you in the next video. Bye.